If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. I'm one of your host, Blessing, Adioye Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, Tim Ma fucking Gettys. What's up, Bless? Good to be here with you today. Tim, you know what's up? Halo Infinite. I can't it get is, that game man. out of my head. I was playing it last night and I was like, God damn, this is a good video game. This is a I'm good so video happy. game right here. So happy you're saying this, man. It's so funny because somebody, uh, I, I forget where it was. It might have been uh, one of the YouTube comments from yesterday, but someone's like, I think kind of funny's game of the year is going to end up being Halo Infinite. And I am pretty shocked to say that I think that there is a chance based on the people we have in this group. And if campaign lives up to being what it needs to be, there's a chance. And I thought that would have been impossible for Halo Infinite to be in the conversation for game of the year in 2021. Kind of oh my God. Yeah. No, I, I was actually thinking about this a bit uh, this morning where I was, it, I was in the mode where I was like, man, I wish I could play Halo right now, but I got to prep for kind of funny games daily. And I got to go to go to McDonald's and get my iced coffee that I'm drinking right here. And oh, yeah. as I was thinking about it, I was like, damn, is this game in my top 10? It's probably going to be in my top 10 by the time we get there. And like, I'm not as like into, I guess, FPS campaigns, depending on the game, like some FPS campaigns I really love, but it has to be like a Doom or a Wolfenstein or a game that is specifically like, this is our, this is our stick, right? This isn't like mm -hmm. a multiplayer bu bundled in with a campaign. Campaign is the thing. Usually well, for like a Call of Duty Halo's campaign. usually that. Uh, and that's my thing is like, usually for a Call of Duty campaign or a game where it is multiplayer game with a campaign, those campaigns I usually skip on. And so the campaign that's gonna come out December 8th or 9th, whenever the date is, you know, I'm kind of like, cool, it'll come when it comes. We'll see if I play it. I'll probably at least play a little bit of it, but that's not the main course here for me. The multiplayer is enough to get me by that. Even if I don't care about the campaign, this game is probably going to be in my top 10, which is saying something because Halo has never been in my top 10 because I've never been a Halo person until now. Yeah, I love it. Kevin, Great time to be alive. Oh, I was just going to say, if for whatever reason the campaign gets delayed, like... It won't. The, I'm just saying if. Does the... Uh, Multiplayer, you think have enough juice to stay in conversation? Dude, that's where it gets complicated because, like, for that being the the type of game that it is, uh, game of the year means a lot. But I do think that in this type of year, I think that Halo multiplayer can be in the conversation with game of the year. I actually think that taking the campaign out of it, I've said this a bunch of times, makes it an even better candidate for game of the year because the campaign right now is a big question mark. There's a chance they knock it out of the park, and I hope they knock it out of the park. But th I think that is the thing that, that right now, in my mind, it'll only hold it back. That makes sense. Yeah, and, like, for what my top 10 list right now is for this year, like, Knockout City is in my top 10 list. If Knockout City is in my top 10 list, and that's a game that also doesn't have a campaign, it's a really, really fun game, and I, I um, stand by that. Like, yo, that is a top 10 contender for me for this year. Halo Infinite is kind of a shoo-in if this game continues to be dope as fuck even beyond launch. But uh, we'll have that conversation in January. I wonder, Tim, mm -hmm. if you had, if you were a betting man, yeah. right? Is there any chance, any chance whatsoever, that Greg Miller plays Halo and is into it? There is a chance. I think it's very slim. Like he just doesn't really play PvP type shooters ever. Like he's gotten more and more into multiplayer games, but they're never this, right? They're always that more games as a service type third person e things. Like I guess he got into Destiny, which is like the closest thing. And like there is a lot of similarities gunplay wise yeah. between the the franchises. But yeah, that's the thing though. It's like it's the the type of what these games are. I don't think so. Having said that, I do think because so many of us are into it, there is that FOMO element of like, oh well, and oh, also damn, it's like so many of us this. are into it, and it's not a game that limits you to three or four people being able to play. You every single member of Kind of Funny could play together. You know? Yeah, that's a good point. I I don't see him playing the multiplayer at all, but I do think the fact that the rest of us are playing it are gonna is gonna make him at least at the very least try out the campaign. I don't know if he's going to like the campaign just based off of his impressions of playing like classic Halo. It doesn't seem like he likes those either. 
And so, I mean, that's, that's so not fair. Like that is so mm-hmm. not even something that matters at all for what Halo Infinite is like Greg playing Halo Combat Evolved for the first time in 2020. I think it was, I think it was last year that yeah, we it did it. It's yeah, no, 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 no. It's they're incomparable, man. Well, we'll see when it comes to it for now, Tim. Let me tell you about today's stories, which include Saints Row being delayed, Streamlabs OBS drama, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show at patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you a new kind of funny games cast is up right now and it's our impressions of pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl and our Halo Infinite impressions so far. You can catch that over on youtube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. And then also our Spider-Man No Way Home trailer reactions are up right now. It's Tim, Andy, Nick, and the return of Greg Miller momentarily to react to the brand new trailer that is up again right now on youtube.com slash funny. which Tim, how, how'd you like that trailer? Oh my God, I, I fucking love it. I, I love how they're marketing this movie. I cannot wait for this movie. I cannot believe this movie is real. Go check out our trailer reactions. Dude, I wasn't on that trailer reaction, so I'll give my, my two cents here. I love the trailer. I'm hyped for this movie, but also I'm so scared about this movie. Because like, there's something about that trailer that seems off to me, and I don't know what it is. I don't oh, know. I know, if they're trying I know to, exactly what it is. <laughs> I don't know if they're trying to like hide, you know, Toby and mm-hmm. Andrew. Mm-hmm. But like, there's something about that trailer. Where I'm like, oh man, I don't know, man. I don't know if all these different elements are coming together. I'm getting Spider-Man three vibes, Tim, and I don't know how I feel. Spider-Man about Man it. three vibes. That is Spider-Man. a very weird pull. Spider-Man, Spider-Man three. three. Spider-Man oh, okay, three. gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. I'm, I, I'm very stoked. I can't wait, though. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Prank C and Blackjack. Today, we're brought to you by DoorDash, ExpressVPN, Amazon Music, and ButcherBox. But we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. Baker's Starting with, that was really good, Kevin. Starting with our number one. A story that was just purely unpredictable. Saints Row, the <laughs> reboot, has gotten pushed back to August 2022. This is from Daniel Cooper at Engadget. Saints Row, the reboot of the open-world shooter with an emphasis on gonzo fun and campy excess, has been delayed. Volition's chief creative officer, Jim Boone, has announced that the title will now land on August 23rd, 2022, back from the original launch date of February 25th. In a statement, Boone reiterated that the title wasn't undergoing any wholesale changes and that the team had adapted well to the adversities imposed by the COVID-19 pandemic, but that the original deadline did not offer the team enough time to do our vision justice, especially given the size and scope of the new game. Boone added that the extra time will be spent ensuring that the game gets further fine-tuning with an emphasis on improving the title's overall quality and polish. He closed the statement by saying that the finished product uh, will have been worth the wait, especially given how much is riding on the launch. Tim, what does this one do for you? I, like you said, not really surprised that that this is the case. There was a couple signs that that pointed to this uh, happening Video games are going to get a lot of delays. That's always true, but it's especially true now. And a game like Saints Row uh, being announced for as early as it was, I think that the day that the release date was announced, we could have called, this is probably going to get delayed. So not surprising. Um, Them giving it an actual date of August 23rd, 2022 is a little more surprising for me. This is a trend that is newer in the industry of dating games pretty far out. We were talking about uh, recently with Starfields, right? Like I'm pretty sure that is the earliest we've ever gotten an actual release date for a video game before. So uh, August 23rd, I mean, that's, potential for the second longest we've ever had a release date for so 
Yeah, I think that's a it's a very good call just for the fact that right now fall for next year is just Starfield in terms of the big games that are coming out and Saints Row getting out of spring entirely. I think is a good move. It's not it's not just February that's busy, right? Like when you look at February, it is the fact that you know Life Strange remastered, Dying Light two, uh, uh, King of Fighters fifteen, Horizon Forbidden West, Destiny two, The Witch Queen, Sifu, and then on February twenty fifth that Saints Row is going to come out on was Elden Ring. At the very least, it is 100% guaranteed that they are going to delay out of February 25th. I think you look at fall and you look at August, and you're like, damn, that's a that's quite a long delay. But I think that gives them so much room to breathe, and that gives them, at, at least for right now, not much competition. Who knows what other games get delayed into fall or what new games are announced or what E3 looks like in terms of, oh, we're announcing this now and it's dropping this fall. There's a lot of potential for that time to be busy as well. And we don't even know when Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out, right? Does that come out around that time as well? Who knows? But I think getting out of the spring entirely out of what is already a banger spring uh, release release slate is a very smart move. Dude, I mean, absolutely. And another thing I want to bring up that I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about in the next couple of weeks, but the Game Awards are less than a month away from right now. And we know that Jeff has been cooking up a banger show. And the last couple of years, they've only gotten getting bigger and better and even in COVID times last year like they put on a really solid show and had some pretty good announcements for all things considered of the state of the world where are they going to be this year we are now deeper into next gen it's actually in people's hands and they are building towards that it's not even a future it's a present at this point so what announcements are going to be made are we going to see a breath of the wilds release date are we going to get kind of updates on things we've been looking for there what new announcements are going to kind of start filling out 2022 even more like that is crazy to start imagining do you think we get a breath of the wild to release data game awards i think that there is a 50 50 shot like i think that the definitely that would be a good place for it and i i think it would make a lot of sense i also think that it is equally uh, likely that the Nintendo's just straight up not ready at all and they're going to avoid it like hell because they don't have mm -hmm. anything to say. I do think that the next time we see Breath of the Wild 2, we will at the very least get its proper title and likely so. get a release timeline on it as well. I really hope so. Hearing, watching the nomination special for the Game Awards yesterday and hearing Jeff say this, the most anticipated game nominees, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I'm like, cool, I'm done. I'm, I'm done calling it that for now on. Can we please get a title? Call it Breath, Breath of the, like, whatever, Breath of the Dungeons under the game or whatever the, the, the premise of the game is. Just give it to me because I'm ready for it. Tim, do you think, where are you at with Breath of the Wild 2 in terms of timing of actually, of it actually dropping? Do you think it is a for sure 2022 game or do you still, do you have apprehension that it slips into 2023? I mean, I, I honestly think that there is no evidence either which way to make an educated guess. I think mm -hmm. that it's out of the hands of us. It's out of the hands of Nintendo. It's like definitely just where it's at with the state of the world with how Nintendo adapted to the pandemic and everything. We know that they were a lot slower than a lot of the other game developers and publishers out there. So adding that all together with the fact that this is going to be the sequel to one of the highest rated, most beloved video games of all time. Uh, there's no rush, right? And especially mm -hmm. when you're looking at w with all the, the chip shortages and just hardware issues and supply issues that getting switches into people's hands, you got to imagine that if there ever was going to be a 4K switch or a switch pro or any type of thing like that, it you would probably yeah. be around Breath of the Wild 2. So I wouldn't be surprised uh, if all those things are true, if Nintendo's trying to hold out as long as possible to be like, okay, can we get the supply correct? Can we maybe just put this in late 2022, early 2023? I don't know. Like it really depends on what their their lineup looks like, but Nintendo has proven to us uh, over the last couple of years that they don't care about releasing a bunch of games in a year. They care about having a tentpole uh, in the case of like Animal Crossing or just a lot of things to kind of support the big franchises um, around it. A lot of the JRPGs, a lot of the stuff they have insane sales anytime they put something out. So I think that they kind of have the luxury of being like you know what here we're gonna announce metroid dread and release it a couple months later and it's gonna become the highest selling metroid game we just got it like that they yeah, know where they're at nintendo. they're they're comfy yeah we do what we do uh speaking of nintendo doing what they do i'm looking at chat right now and chat has a lot of great suggestions in terms of titles for the next breath of the wild right like somebody andy of death said call it death of the wild which would be metal as fuck which I, I, going I, around I yeah that. uh uh crown prince says call it Link's quest which could be cool. Somebody said Mystery of the Wild, which doesn't roll off the tongue, but I, I, I like the vision. I like where you're going there. I like where you're going there. Keep keep bringing me uh, suggestions, chat. I'm, I'm digging this. 
Tim, something that I talked to Greg about on this show months ago that I don't think I brought up to you, and I'm curious to hear your your input on this. I, I was talking to Greg about Game of the Year next year and how stacked next year is and what our predictions for, just based off of us, of course, like not having our hands on any of these games. I guess some of us have, have played a little bit of Elden Ring, but with next year having so many stacked games like Elden Ring, Breath of the Wild 2, and this is us just assuming all of these games come out, right? Breath of the Wild 2, Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, Starfield. I'm sure I'm missing a bunch of shit. What What do you think are the three games? Or yeah, I'll, 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 I'll stick to that. What are the three games that you think stand out as like these are the ones that shine above the rest? And what do you think? Which one game do you think takes it all? You know, it's complicated because I think, and as we are here in November 2021, getting into Game of the Year season, the same conversation comes up every single year, uh, same conversations. And the conversation of what does Game of the Year mean? Game awards, like what categories should things go into? What's the point of awards? What makes a good award show, bad award show? Like all that stuff gets talked about. I think over time, the one thing that's become clear is that there is no answer to any of this. And game of the year means something different to every outlet, to every person, to every everything. I do think that to me, when I look at game of the year and when I look at game of the year next year for games I haven't played yet based just on their sole understanding of what those games are, that kind of paints a different picture of what we're talking about. That means like, what are what are the games that like everyone needs to play? These are the big ass tentpole game of the years. If you don't play them, it's going to be like, whoa, that's crazy. You didn't play that, right? So because of that, I do think it's easy to just say it's going to be the sequels. They're known quantities, right? So God of War, Breath of the Wild, those two I think are shoo-ins for sure. Mm-hmm. Having said that, sequels also take away a little bit of that magic the freshness the freshness yeah. and there's different types of expectations so they need to radically shift while also being the same which is always a tough balance right to be able to keep them in that that conversation especially when you look at something like god of war that was praised so much for reinventing the franchise right and also to an extent breath of the wild same thing mm-hmm. for being oh, yeah. different so it's going to take a lot more for it to do the different thing the same but more for that to stand out. So because of that, I do think that Starfield has a kind of leg up in a lot of ways where mm-hmm. it has a lot of that baggage, but only in a positive way where there's the pedigree of the team working on it. And there's the pedigree of Microsoft pushing it as this giant flagship for them. So I think that there's a, a, a big likelihood that that game has a, a chance at being one of the core game of the year conversation contenders. Um, Elden ring, I think is extremely interesting as well, where it also has that type of baggage where it is a new IP, but it's also, it's a from software game. You know what I mean? So it's kind mm-hmm. of like Marvel studios where Iron Man and Avengers are, and even that I, I don't want to say like Shang-Chi and Iron Man are different franchises, but they're also mm-hmm. the same franchise. It's you kind know of the, the same thing with the, the souls games in Elden ring. It's like, they're different, but like we also know that the people that enjoyed this are probably going to enjoy that. And I do think that that's going to be in, in the conversation for sure, especially seeing things like Sekiro winning Game of the Year at Game Awards a couple years ago. Like that shows that there is a growing kind of um, desire in the mainstream for Souls games. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I, I think there is a growing um, amount of people that are touching those games and actually playing them and actually enjoying them more and more and more. I think the audience is growing is the thing that, that that's happening. And I'm with you in terms of the that that journey of thought there where Breath of the Wild 2 and God of War Ragnarok I think have the biggest shoes to fill in terms of their previous titles being the ones that came out and impressed people and blew people away because they were different entries for those series and they were entries that I think redefine the mold of what these uh, franchises are right breath of the wild comes out and it's like whoa i've never played an open world game like this i've never played a zelda game like this and it catches us off guard and it and is something special god of war comes through and it's like dude i've never played a god of war with this type of narrative man this game the the one shot cam- uh, 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 camera work the like the combat being done from the from the ground up the polish the combat like all the elements of that game redefining what god of war is and i think setting the standard for a lot of action games uh, uh moving forward you know, that game did a lot. Can God of War 2 do that? Can Breath of the Wild 2 do that? I don't know if they can do that, right? And I think the question is, can they do something else or can they can they um up the ante over the over their previous games to actually make that something worth paying attention to in a way where everybody's like, no, this is the best game this year because this like defined this year in this way. I think you that know, makes go for it. 
an interesting thing here, Bless, and, and chat help help me out here too. This is just another one of those patented Tim thoughts. Have we ever gotten a sequel to one of these like groundbreaking holy shit, it's one of the best things ever games that then also is game of the year contender? Mm-hmm. Because we when we talk about great sequels, we talk about things like Uncharted 2 and how much better than Uncharted 1 it was, or Assassin's Creed 2. But Uncharted 1 and Assassin's Creed weren't game of the year contenders. You get my See, point? I do I get your point completely, and I think this is this this turns into a Red Dead Redemption 2 conversation. Because that was a game that was a sequel to a game that blew people away. Granted, yeah. a lot of people were blown away by Red Dead Redemption 2, but that game couldn't win it, uh, like, for, for many outlets and for the Game Awards specifically, right? That game couldn't win it over God of War 2018. And I think that is the fact of people jumping into Red Dead Redemption 2 and going, oh, this is another Rockstar game. This feels like more of what we've gotten. And in some ways, people either being impressed by the ways that it leaned into what it is or put off by the ways that it leaned into what it is. Uh, Last of Us 2, people are saying. Yeah. Oh, Last of Us 2 is a good one to throw in there, too. That's, yeah, a, really, yeah. that's a really good one to throw in there, too. Metal Gear Solid 2. Cool. Yeah. 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 But I, I, I think I, I do think there is the argument that, like, half the time, or at, le- at least maybe most of the time, it is the, oh, Overwatch came out. And Overwatch, like, is, is something new, brand new, and it blew us all away. Cool. We have, we have people that are going to evangelize for this thing, right? The game that kind of comes out of left field. I think there's oftentimes the argument for that and so with that i do think elden ring has a really good shot uh next year just for the fact that it, it is a game with a ever-growing um audience in terms of the soul stuff and the from software stuff but also elden ring seems like it's going to be the biggest scoped from software souls game and also it seems like in many ways it's going to be the most approachable in terms of people jumping in and being able to get into it easier than a lot of the previous games that came before and so i think eldering for sure is going to be in that conversation and then starfield if bethesda delivers it's been a minute since bethesda has delivered in that way but that's the game studio specifically but if starfield hits and it is the, the Bethesda that we know and love from uh elder scrolls like the classic elder scrolls um or like skyrim or Fallout 3, right? If they're able to be that level of Bethesda and that game is able to not be buggy and not be a Cyberpunk 2077, if that game hits, I think that's going to have a good chance too. I think the only thing keeping it back in terms of Jeff Keighley's The Keighley Awards is going to be it coming out November 11th and what that's going to do for, I guess, like how early people are going to get codes and all that stuff. But that's a whole different conversation that somebody wrote into with questions that we'll probably tackle later. But I'm very excited for what next year is going to be in terms of the actual conversations. Because this year is very interesting in the conversation of Game of the Year because we have so many different games that are strong eights and nines. And the conversation is split. Yeah, it's a 2019 year. And the conversation is split all over the place. Next year, I think we're going to get back to a year where it's like, no, there are six or seven games. Right, that are the titans. These are the possible 10 out of 10s or 9 out of 10s or 9.5s or whatever you brand them. And these are going to be the ones competing. And I'm actually very excited to see like what those conversations turn into. And I'm a bit scared too. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that. To wrap back around uh, to Saints Row, because this is a story about Saints Row, I will say that I am glad that this is getting delayed. One, for it just getting out of the way of all these other games. But then also, I want this game to be dope. Right, I think for an open world game that is trying to be a... a reboot of the franchise and do things differently i went and i did the the the, uh hands-off preview back in august uh before it was announced at gamescom and i i think that game looks cool i think that game seems like it's gonna be promising i don't mind it being a reboot i think that's gonna be exciting but that game from what i was from what i saw at that preview i wasn't necessarily like oh this is the final game right here like not much of what they showed was like a oh, this is us playing it in real time and everything looks polished and destruction's happening and like you're seeing all of this happen in real time. It struck me as a, no, this is like a guided preview that is showing you what this game is meant to be, what this game is going to be. And I could could easily see that game uh, uh, taking more time to actually develop and come out as something that they want to be proud of versus something that they put out in February. And it's like, oh man, I wish this was delayed a few months. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy they're delaying it. Totally. Tim, let's talk about story number two. Streamlabs has been accused of copying material for its console streaming platform. This is John Fingus at Engadget. Streamlabs is coming under fire for material used to launch Xbox streaming platform and beyond. As Eurogamer reports, rivals have accused the company of copying web material, naming schemes, and possibly functionality. Lightstream, for instance, noted that the initial website for Streamlabs Studio was extremely similar to its own, including the user reviews. 
Streamlabs said this was an error that put placeholder text on a live site and the planned copy was now in place. That's only the start of, of the accusations, however. OBS complained that Streamlabs used OBS as part of his broadcasting software name, Streamlabs OBS or Slobs, despite being asked not to. While Streamlabs has technically honored the terms of the GPL license used for OBS, it allegedly disregarded the spirit of open source software. Elgato, meanwhile, even implied Streamlabs Stream Deck was borrowing at, at least the name, if not features, from its Stream Deck mobile app. We've asked Streamlabs for comment. However, the plagiarism accusations have already led to a significant backlash. Top streamers Pokemon and Hasanabi have both threatened to stop using Streamlabs products and in Pokemon's case, remove her name from the platform if it didn't address the situation. Simply put, Streamlabs might lose some of, the, some of its best known customers if it doesn't act quickly. Kevin, in the doc, I have uh, links that you've already pulled up. Yeah, uh, I, here. I pulled them up while you were Sweet, talking thank you about so them. Much. We can start at the first one we want. Yeah, and like... It's pretty egregious when you actually look at the it being laid out here. The Lightstream was the one that I think came out first to actually talk about it. And they posted screenshots of like, hey, this is what their website looks like versus what our website looks like. And it is similar layout. I believe like copied over user reviews, right? And like, of course, like Streamlabs I mean, came all out. All the text said, on here is the same. Like level yeah. up your Xbox and PlayStation stream, level up your console stream. So it's similar. Yeah, like very a similar. Lot of, yeah, line by line is very, very similar. <laughs> very egregious and so they came out and they were like oh this is just placeholder stuff we meant to change that uh but yeah elgato jumped in uh, uh and said hey we know that feel they replied to lightstream and they showed off like the streamlabs stream deck stuff specifically and how that um was seemingly copying what elgato was doing and then there was the uh the obs stuff as well and obs put out a thread um about this and i'll just read through the thread here because it's, it's fairly short uh they tweeted this yesterday uh, this is at OBS Project. Near the launch of Slobs, Streamlabs, re Streamlabs reached out to us using the OBS name. We kindly asked them not to. They did so anyway and followed up by filing a trademark. We've tried to sort this out in private, and they have been uncooperative at every turn. We're often faced with confused users and even companies who do not understand the difference between the two apps. Support volunteers are sometimes met with angry users demanding refunds. We've had interactions with several companies who did not realize our apps were separate. Legally, they have obeyed the terms of the GPL, but they have repeatedly disregarded the spirit of open source in giving back. Despite these actions by Streamlabs, the OBS project will continue to provide free open, open software and tools for everybody. We will continue to support our users, the community, and our amazing developers for their hard work. And I'm be honest, right? Like until yesterday, if you had asked me if Streamlabs and OBS are the same thing, I would have been like, oh yeah, they're just two different apps, but they're the, they're the same app. I didn't know that OBS was completely separate from Streamlabs in this way. A lot of this is pretty it's pretty up. surprising. It's pretty I, fucked up. I am flabbergasted to steal a word from Greg Miller about mm -hmm. so many elements of this news story. I have been told before that they're not related, but I didn't realize how not related they are yep. until all this started breaking. And on top of that, this is insane. Looking at the the way that they did the whole, I'm going to copy your homework, but like try to make it look like I didn't. Like they did not try hard enough. It is so one for one that I, I can't believe how egregious this entire thing is. It is really shitty and i did not realize at all that it was a problem that obs was like yo guys we didn't want them to do this and they're doing it and it's a huge issue i'm happy this is all coming to light because like that sucks <laughs> yeah it sucks and you know it's bad when like one company calls it out on twitter and all the other companies jump on and they're like oh yeah we know we know that feel and it's not just like any other company right Elgato is jumping up on this. OBS is hopping in on this, right? Like the brands that people know and love are jumping in to tell you, hey, Streamlabs sucks actually because they copy all of our shit and don't give credit or don't um like they or or they just don't like change anything in the case of the website page. Wild. Super wild. Yeah, man. I it's I can't imagine being this shameless. <laughs> like just being like, fuck it. Yeah, so up, shout out shout outs to OBS and the team that like keeps it all running because it is like it's keeping this company going. Oh yeah. yeah, and like it's it's free and like again it's open source and like they do this just for the love of the game, right? And giving people a tool mm -hmm. to be able to use and yeah. like you know I believe we we use OBS specifically, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not stuff. a fan of Streamlabs because I feel like it takes away certain features that are really useful. Um, mm -hmm. So that's why I always push for everyone that's streaming on our end to use OBS just because we can do the same stuff. There are certain features we use from Streamlabs that are great. But yeah, yeah, it sucks because Streamlabs is uh, 
I think very popular and very like I think ubiquitous for quite a few reasons. I, I I think it's the functionality and the way that it naturally connects to things like Twitch. It naturally connects to a lot of services that people are already using. It gives people reason to want to use Streamlabs over a lot of the other services. Services like I've been using Streamlabs, uh, just unaware of all the all this shit. And like the big reason for that is because I for, I think it was like when I started use started streaming on Twitch a lot more. There are things like on Twitch pointing back to like, hey, use Streamlabs if you want this inherent functionality. Um, but like knowing this, I'm gonna tr start transitioning to OBS now and try to figure that out because like, it's a, that is egregious. And like the fact that, and I I don't know how much of this is like, uh, like part of just like how the how this type of software stuff works in terms of taking what an open source uh, software does and implementing into what you do. But so much of the Streamlabs UI is very one for one with OBS in a way where again I made the assumption I was like, oh yeah, this is just another better version of OBS that I'm downloading, not realizing that, that they were different companies. And I thought there was some licensing crazy. or something in the, in the way that like NVIDIA will make a graphics card, but then there's like a bunch of different versions of the graphics card from different companies, like with slight different tweaks and shit, you know? Like yeah, that's what exactly. I thought it was. Like Streamlabs OBS makes it sound like Streamlabs presents its version of OBS. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we'll keep an eye on this one and see how this progresses. Tim, I want to remind everybody out there that you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Listen, the holidays are coming and everything is about to get a little crazy. Give yourself a break and let DoorDash take care of dinner because DoorDash brings what you want to eat right now and right to your door. With over 300,000 partners, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. I love DoorDash so, so much. Uh, there's this burger place in San Francisco called 4505. Technically, they're a barbecue spot, but they are the best burgers in San Francisco. Francisco, and I love using DoorDash to get them. I just got it yesterday for lunch. Fantastic stuff. Uh, for a limited time, you guys can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. That's 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021. Don't forget that's code games two zero two one for 25 percent off your first order with doordash subject to change terms apply next up shout out to butcher box if you've ever had a good piece of meat you know what i mean when i say there's nothing quite like it if you haven't what are you waiting for? Invest in some high quality meat from ButcherBox. Never scour the grocery store for that 100% grass fed beef or free range organic chicken again. I will never forget the day that Kevin Coelho decided to do a ButcherBox spread. We had some bacon, we had some sausages, we had some steak, we had some burgers. It was fantastic. ButcherBox only bring in the best. Every month ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high quality meat right to your home with free shipping for the continental US. Each box contains between eight to 14 pounds of meat, which is enough for 24 individual meals. ButcherBox is offering new members free bacon and $20 off your first box. Who doesn't love free bacon? Come on. This offer is ending November 21st, so get this deal before it's gone. Sign up at butcherbox.com KFGD. That's butcherbox.com KFGD to get free bacon and $20 off your first box. Next up, Shout out to ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is basically like leaving your stuff at your table when you run to the bathroom in a coffee shop. Most of the time, you're probably gonna be okay, but there's always the chance that you'll come back and everything's gonna be gone. Listen, every time you connect to an unencrypted network like at cafes or hotels or airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your data and sell it. That's bad, you don't want none of that. But ExpressVPN stops all that by creating a secure encrypted tunnel between your device. All you gotta do is open the app and click one button to get protected on all of your devices. I've been using ExpressVPN, my internet has been safe and I absolutely love that. I use it on all my devices, whether it's my phone, my computer, my TV, all of it. Come on, I'm trying to be safe. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash games that's e-x-p-r-e-s-s-v-p-n.com slash games and you can get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash games 
And finally, shout out to Amazon Music. Uh, you clearly have great taste in podcasts because you're listening to this right now. Why not try out Amazon Music where you'll find tons of binge-worthy podcasts. Amazon Music has more than 10 million free podcast episodes to listen to, but it's not just podcasts. They also have thousands of music stations and top playlists to stream for free. You can try out Amazon Music Unlimited. That gives you an unlimited access to 75 million songs, plus podcasts, music videos, and more with unlimited skips. Uh, they also have Dolby Atmos. That's what I've been using a lot of. It's been super awesome in this room, but also super cool with the headphones, getting a lot of the spatial audio going on. If you've never tried Amazon Music Unlimited, now is a great time for a limited time. New customers can try Amazon Music Unlimited free for three months. Give it a shot. Try it out. I'm telling you, try the spatial audio stuff. It is a trip. Uh, no credit card required. Just go to Amazon.com slash KFGD. That's Amazon.com slash KFGD to try Amazon Music Unlimited free for three months. Amazon.com slash KFGD. Renews automatically. Cancel anytime. Terms apply. Look at the power of OBS right there. Taking us into ad, into an ad, out of an ad. You love to see it. Wow. Story number three. We got another uh, Activision Blizzard update for you. Uh, this time, a group of Activision Blizzard shareholders have joined the call for CEO Bobby Kotick to resign. This is Shannon Lau at Washington Post. A day after Activision Blizzard employees staged a walkout and called for the resignation of CEO Bobby Kotick and several other executives, a group of Activision Blizzard shareholders with a total of 4.8 million shares is similarly asking for the company's CEO's, company CEO's resignation in a letter to the company's board of directors. The walkout in the letter from shareholders follows a Wall Street Journal report that Kotick was aware of sexual misconduct allegations at the firm but did not inform his board of directors. Quote, in contrast to past company statements, CEO Bobby Kotick was aware of many incidents of sexual harassment, sexual assault, and gender discrimination at Activision Blizzard, but failed either to ensure that the executives and managers responsible were terminated or to recognize and address the systematic uh, nature of the company's hostile workplace culture. Uh, the shareholders, led by the Strategic Organizing Center Investment Group, wrote in a joint letter addressed to the company's board of directors and shared with the Washington Post. In addition to asking Kotick to resign, the group of shareholders is calling for the board's two longest-serving directors, Brian Kelly and Robert Morgato, to retire by December 31st. Kelly is chairman of Activision Blizzard uh, Board of Directors, and Morgato serves as lead independent director. The Activision Blizzard Board of Directors responded to the journal's, journal's article Tuesday, saying it remained confident in Bobby Kotick's leadership. Shareholders said in the letter that if Kotick, Kelly, and Morgato don't step down, they would not vote for the re-election of the current directors on the board at the next annual shareholder meeting in June and would urge other shareholders to follow. The SOC chose to call for Kelly and Morgato's resignations as they are the two longest standing members of the board, it told The Post, with Kelly serving since 1995 and Morgato since 1997. Quote, after the new revelations, it's clear that the current leadership repeatedly failed to uphold a safe workplace, a basic function of their job, uh, SOC's executive director said in an interview. Quote, Activision Blizzard needs a new CEO, board chair, and lead independent director with expertise, skill set, and conviction to truly change the company's culture. We need, the, we need to really have a reset button on the board, end quote. Activision Blizzard did not immediately respond to request for comment. And again, this is coming off of uh, the story we covered on yesterday's KFGD with Tim and Gary talking about the uh, how Bobby the, the the report that Bobby Kotick was very aware of a lot of the sexual harassment and sexual misconduct going on at Blizzard, along with uh, further information we got about Jen O'Neill, uh, her resignation and her not being paid uh, equally to Mikey Barra, and a lot more info. The the uh, walkout, as uh, was referenced in this article and plenty of other stuff tim what does this update do for you i mean this is the there's steps man they're happening again it's like i feel like there's gonna be a ton of times we're talking on this show about this stuff and it's just gonna be like yeah this isn't it though this isn't the time this isn't enough this isn't gonna make that much of a difference it's gonna add up all this stuff is adding up the conversation is swaying the public mindset is swaying the shareholders are now talking right like this mm -hmm. is now a step where this is it's gone from being kind of a vague thing talking about the entire company to talking about specific teams to talking about specific people to now going all the way to the top talking about a specific person and then now it's coming down to other specific people and i think that that conversation that focus is going to allow these steps to kind of keep moving the walkout yesterday i was looking at a bunch of tweets and conversations about it and 
what what's interesting is the walkout had so many people in a time where a lot of people are working from home. So it's like these mm-hmm. like this this is like a, uh, a it's more of a choice than just walking out of the building you're in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I, I think that there's like a lot more organization um, that is happening that things like this are going to continue to allow to happen and to strengthen. So I think over time we're going to see a lot more of this, and I think that things are going to make a turn for the better. Uh, but it requires these conversations, and we're going to keep having them, and they're going to keep going. Yeah, I I, I love how um, it's become way more about action in the last couple of months, and I like that this week that it seems like everybody has gotten the ammo that they've needed to really make the action of, okay, let's get Bobby Kotick out of here. And it coming from the shareholders, I think is very important, right? Like four point, they they said uh, it's a group of of Activision Blizzard shareholders with a total of 4.8 million shares, right? That is, that is something that is substantial. That is a tangible amount. Uh, And like, it's not like, you know, it's, it's not what it could be in terms of everybody joining together to get this guy out of here, but it's something that is at least a, a bit more tangible than what we've had before in terms of, it coming from the employees and it coming from the audience, it coming from people within Activision Blizzard who hold actual power, I think is very awesome. Go for it, Tim. Some some context there for uh, what that 4.8 million means. Jason Jason Schreier tweeted out, I'm seeing a lot of big reactions to this story, but some important context. This group, SOC, owns 4.8 million shares or just Mm 0.06%. Sorry, 0.6%. I'm having a hard day. 0.6% of Activision Blizzard. Uh, SOC has been criticizing Kodak for a long time. This isn't a turnaround or shift in view from them. So that is just important context. I still do think that it is a key point for them to stand their ground. Even if they've been saying stuff before, now is the time to be vocal about where you stand on this side and what actions you actually want uh, to happen. Because I think this will motivate other shareholders potentially to stand up. And all of a sudden, there's that solidarity that's actually going to cause something. Yeah, and I, that is the key thing, right? Again, like the the 4.8 million shares isn't necessarily a substantial percentage, but I do think it is a start to getting other shareholders on board and actually making waves in terms of people holding hands and going, we got to get these people out. We got to get Bobby Kotick out. We got to get these other leaders out who have allowed this shit to happen. And so I hope this continues. I hope we see more shareholders stand up. You, you got to hit them where it hurts, and that is their pockets. And mm-hmm. so I hope to see this continue. Let's continue on with story number four. Yakuza's studio is working on a new franchise. This is Jordan Midler at Video Games Chronicle. Ryo Gotoku Studio, the studio behind the Yakuza and Judgment series, is working on a new IP, according to a new interview. Speaking to Famitsu, studio director Masayoshi Yokoyama reportedly revealed that the studio is currently planning a game separate from the Yakuza or Judgment series. Quote, we're also working on on unannounced titles outside of Yakuza and Judgment, he said. While a sequel to Yakuza Like a Dragon has already been confirmed, the future of the Judgment franchise is in doubt after an alleged dispute with lead actor Takuya Kimura's talent agency. Quote, we'll continue to cherish the Judgment series, Yokoyama said in the Famitsu interview. In July, Japanese showbiz news site Nikon Taishu claimed that sources has, has, uh, had indicated that actor Takuya Kimura, uh, his talent agency, had been blocking PC versions of, the, of games in the Judgment series because they didn't want him to appear in them. While it's not entirely clear why this is, the site suggests that because Johnny and Associates, quote, has strict control over the likeness rights of his talent and the use of their image online is still limited to a few, end quote. The report claims that Sega has been trying to bring judgment and lost judgment to Steam, but because the agency is blocking this from happening, it may draw a line under the series after lost judgment. Cool. There you go. I am kind of sad that, like, because of this uh, weird dispute, that seems like it's going to be the the end of judgment, because I think judgment... It, from what I played of it, it's like a pretty, it's a pretty cool series. It's a pretty cool franchise. I love what I've played of Lost Judgment so far, and I know so many people that are super into the Judgment games, right? Plenty of people that are looking for something that is Yakuza adjacent or like aside from the Yakuza, right? Because like Yakuza fans love Yakuza, but I always think it's cool to have something else that is of the same family, of the same ilk, has a lot of the same mechanics, and is a, a different story that they can jump into. Judgment, I think, fulfills that so well for so many people to see it end because of this uh dispute is a bummer but i do think it's nice that the studio is working on uh something else uh i think that is at the very least going to fulfill the fact that like oh cool we're going to have some other option that isn't still only yakuza because we had a million yakuza games give me like a vacation before i get back into the next yakuza game 
Yeah. yeah. It's interesting when it comes to the licensing of likeness. Uh, this has been an issue in games for a long time, and it's going to continue forever because I think this stuff's only going to get more and more kind of locked in and serious as things like the metaverse be- start to become a, a bigger thing and like people taking on the likeness of others. Like you're going to... Uh, it's going to happen that people are going to sell essentially DLC skin packs of themselves, which is scary to Jesus, think about. That, that's a sentence. <laughs> it yeah. is. I love that. It is. This is like- gruesome. <laughs> This is a good thing, though, right? Because at the end of the day, like, normally the actor wouldn't get any money for PC sales. So that makes sense for, like, this is cool, right? This is kind of not the same, but, like, similar to royalties where it's like, well, if you want to put me on a different platform, you're going to have to pay me for it. Well, I think this is... This is more about the uh, like not even the actor uh, disputing. It is more so his the company that manages uh, the actor. Their, like totally. their issues. Well, yeah, but like that's run. Like if the actor wants, he'll call and be like, "No, don't just don't don't fight this fight. Don't I don't want way. you to fight." Yeah, yeah. Right? So like Kev, exactly, and like that's the thing is like it is good for the actors, but this is also just a sign of like when you get popular actors like this is that's what's going to happen to these games mm-hmm. where there don't be surprised in twenty years when Judgment isn't available on whatever the hell the xbox platform's called when xbox nintendo and playstation finally combine into one mega console what are we going to call it bless first x, word to come to your mind the x station switch the x station switch it's a horrible name bless you should have been way better than that i know <laughs> i'm not brand person no, no that's that's pretty good that's we'll call it what well I, I, you need like a no, cool, like, too late. Clean, that's your vote. futuristic name somebody in chat said oasis i kind of like that the oasis mm-hmm. well that's from ready player one is that what that is? Okay, I've not. Yeah, I've that's not what seen the, their, their world is called. That crazy I've seen world. Space Jam 2, which is basically the same movie, I assume. <laughs> I'm just trolling. I'm trolling. I'm trolling. No, <laughs> they, they know. Chat knows. You know what I mean? It just gets them worked up. I know. I know. I just want to see them. I just want to see them squirm. I want to see them get mad. Yeah, see, there it is. There are the, there are the, the emotes in chat. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're going off. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what they, what they come up with because, like, I wonder if they're going to do another, like, private detective story, like Judgment and Lost Judgment uh, are. I would think that maybe this is a chance for them to go, all right, cool, what other ideas do we have um, in the pocket? What if we went back to doing zombie shit? Because I know there was that zombie Yakuza game. What if we just double down on that? Who knows? We'll see. Who knows? Cool. Wait, what was that, Kevin? I said, oh, yeah, zombies. Cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um, give me the uh, give me a Zombieland <laughs> game from the Yakuza studio, right? Like, give me something good. Give me something crazy. Uh, let's round out with story number five. Xbox Cloud Gaming is now available on Xbox Series X and Xbox One. I'm pulling from news.xbox.com. Today, you can play uh, Game Pass games from the cloud on your Xbox console. We're excited that Xbox Cloud Gaming Beta is now available on Xbox One and Xbox Series X consoles with a Game Pass Ultimate subscription. We're launching in 25 regions with Brazil coming soon. This capability will initially roll out with our November release to a subset of Xbox gamers and scale to all gamers in supported markets over the coming weeks. We know from you we know from you that you want to find and try Xbox Game Pass games b- before you install them. And today we're enabling just that. Now you can discover and try lots of different titles quickly right from the cloud until you land on the one that you may want to install or may want to also install, which is still the flagship experience for Xbox consoles. In addition to that, getting a game invite from a friend for a game that you haven't downloaded yet is no longer going to stop you from joining right away. We built it so the experience is fast, easy, and a great way to discover your next favorite game while saving space on your hard drive for the games you plan to play again and again. For Xbox One users, cloud gaming also allows you to play some next-gen games on the Xbox One console you already own. This means select games that are currently only playable on Xbox Series X slash S, like Recompile, The Medium, and The Rift Breaker. Uh, those are now playable on your Xbox One with the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate uh, and Cloud Gaming. I love that those are the three games. I, I love the, the how much that made you laugh. You couldn't even I, get through it. I couldn't get through it. Of course, the flagship titles, Recompile, The Medium, and The Rift Breaker. Hell yeah. We'll also continue to support this capability and expand our cloud game library to include more next-gen games like Microsoft Flight Simulator in early 2022. And that's a hype one. Microsoft Flight Simulator for people. Uh, Get hyped for that. But yay, that's awesome. 
I Dude, love it's this. super awesome, man. Again, just Microsoft strengthening the foundation to allow for more people to be able to play games in more different ways. And I, I just love it. I love that what this allows, like what future this is building. Like for the last couple of years, we've seen Stadia, we've seen Luna, we've seen so many cloud systems we, and Xbox included. This needs to work at some point. And it's not going to work unless people are putting in the effort to get it there. And Microsoft are putting in the damn effort, man. And they have the library to back it up. They have so many elements that go into this to give cloud gaming the best chance it has to succeed i'm not saying it needs to be the only way people play games but it being an option on top of other ways is such a fantastic thing especially when you add it to services like game pass yeah i yeah i i'm, I'm right there with you i think this is awesome the idea that you can play xbox series x games on the xbox one technically now uh with the use of, of cloud streaming i think is re really cool and really awesome and it's going to go i think a long way for a lot of people who haven't been able to get their hands on next-gen consoles and i want to see that library expand right it has to expand past the medium and recompile in the rift breaker but well, we're gonna get there with flight I mean, simulator coming out soon but yeah the thing there though is as much of a joke as that is there aren't many games that are currently only playable on Xbox Series X and S. That's a good point. Right? That's a good point. Yeah. So it's not like this is missing out on Halo because it already has it. Yeah. No, that's that, that's a really good point. And like the only the only other thing I'll whole I'll poke in this, and this isn't necessarily like a oh how dare you do this kind of thing. It's more so of like a the reality of the way people play games. I feel like if your internet is fast enough to like it's fast enough to run this. You're probably not going to spend a lot of time on the downloading stage, right? Because like one of the functionalities they 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 promote is like, oh yeah, play the game as you're downloading it. And I'm like, dude, if I if my internet is going to run this, if it's going to like do cloud streaming, I'm sure I can download Forza in 15 minutes. <laughs> but hey, that's me. And of course, we all we all live differently. Get your 15 minutes of Forza in and have fun. That's the thing too, though. That 15 minutes, like my internet, definitely is what you're talking about. Of it's it'd be able to play the games and be able to download the games. It's still frustrating when I'm like, oh, fuck, there's this update. I got to download it now. Like, ah, like I'm ready to play a game now. In 30 minutes, I might not be in the same mood, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Find something I'd... else to do, especially with the Switch. There's, oh, cool, I'm doing this now. Yeah. Guess I'm playing Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. And it's really cool to be like, yo, hey, do you want to play Halo? And like, oh, I got to download it. No, you can play it right now through streaming. I think that's really cool. I think that's really fun. Tim, I'm excited to see what the future of Xbox Cloud Streaming is, but... The future of Xbox cloud streaming is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mama Grop shops today, where would I look? Official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah! Out today, we got Clang 2 for PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One and Switch. Before we leave for Xbox Series X uh, slash S and Xbox One, I'm not going to do the slash S anymore. I'm just going to say Xbox Series X. Uh, we got Tamarin for Xbox One. That's a game I played last year that's a lot like Jet Force Gemini. Is it a good game? No, but you know, if you want that fixed, boom, there you go. Uh, Darius Cosmic Collection Arcade for PC. M Mastho, Mastho, Tim, how do you pronounce this one? M A S P H O. Mastho. Mastho is together. Mastho is together for Switch. Motorcycle Mechanic Simulator for 20. <laughs> Sorry. Motorcycle Mechanic Simulator 2021 for PC. It's every week there's a new simulator game that I'm just not expecting. Motorcycle Mechanic Simulator, good for you. Uh, 2021 for, you. for PC. And then Next Space Rebels is out for PC and Mac. We got an NVIDIA GeForce update for you. Remember that we've partnered with NVIDIA to keep you updated on all the latest G4 RTX additions to your favorite games, uh, from ray tracing to NVIDIA DLSS to NVIDIA Reflex. NVIDIA DLSS is now accelerating performance with uncompromised image quality in over 120 games and apps, with even more being added every month, including Away the Survival Series. Uh, with the launch of the new update, Away the Survival Series will add support for NVIDIA DLSS, boosting performance on your adventure by up to two times uh we got no. some new dates for you uh alien isolation is headed to ios and android that is launching december 16th monster hunter rising's sonic collaborations is november 26th and then sam and max beyond time in space remastered uh is coming december 8th to steam xbox and nintendo switch and i want to talk about this for a second tim mm -hmm. i want to start with alien isolation that coming to ios and android is out of nowhere that's a very random one I'm very curious to see how that runs. That seems like a wild thing to port. Uh, but also, Monster Hunter Rising's Sonic collaboration, right? Again, that's coming November 26th. Kevin, in the doc, I have a link to the trailer for that one. If you can pull up the, the link. Because I saw I'm very this. I'm excited about I this. I saw this trailer 
passed by me on my timeline, and I was like, oh man. Oh, we man. gotta watch this on oh, the show. Oh, we gotta watch this on the show. Oh, okay. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it's Monster Hunter Rising. A little oh, escape no. from the city. Yeah, man. It's exactly what it is. Dude got the little okay. Sonic outfit on with like his um little Palico. buddy. Little Palico. Little Palico buddy wearing a Sonic mascot outfit. I, I got this. scared it was gonna look way freakier than that. Oh my god, oh, look no, at his tail. No, no. Yeah, no tails. Sonic, <laughs> stop doing that. <laughs> that's what that's what I was waiting for. I was waiting for the tails. Show the dumper. What are you doing? I'm uncomfortable. Get this away from me. Hell yeah. Look at this. Okay, you can cut this off. I'm sure there's probably some copyright on Escape from the City. Oh. No, I don't want to see what they do to Big the Cat. I don't want to see. Oh, you don't want to see what they do to Big the Cat. Tim. People can go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where they can get the show ad free, but they can also write in with their questions. Uh, just like Parker Petrov did. Parker Petrov wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games. It's like you can. It says, hello, leftover and LaCroix poppies. The game game awards nominees came out yesterday and much to everyone's surprise, the internet is angry. However, for a change, is there something to be upset about? Is their anger at least somewhat justified? The internet was thrown into a bit of a tizzy over the fact that Forza Horizon 5, this year's highest rated game, was snubbed for Game of the Year. Windows Central even did an article talking about how the Forza Horizon 5 snub at the Game Awards is part of a larger problem in which it's harder for games of certain types to get the same recognition as the more Hollywood-style games, aka the action-story-driven cinematic games with RPG elements. So what say you? Is this a problem? Is this something to at least be a little upset about? Or is this just the internet being the internet and there's nothing to see here? Happy hump day, Parker. Tim, what are your thoughts on this one? It's the internet being the internet. I think that there's a lot of different ways that Game Awards shows, specifically the Game Awards, can handle uh, a lot of different elements of it. But they're very clear about the uh, the guidelines. They're, they're very upfront about what dates qualify, what games qualify, what the genres are, and what the expectations are. And it's on the people nominating the games, including us, to pay attention, do our homework, and make sure that we're taking it all seriously. You know, like there is a, a group of people, I think there's 63 different outlets that are uh, nominating these games and I stuff. I think even more. I think it's like 100. I mean, there's a there's a group out there that are doing the nominations and the, there's a mm. process. There's a process that works this way and it, it's always been this way because, or it's not always been this way, it's gotten to this point because they listen to feedback and try to make things better. In my opinion, I think that the Game Awards should be in January and actually be a full january to december every game that came out from january 1st to december 31st and that's what qualifies but that's not what it is they have different rules that are november to november essentially and the game awards yeah. are at and the first week of december or second week of december whatever it is like cool at the end of the day that doesn't really matter because like the same thing that's happening to forza right now could be happening to a game that came out in the beginning of or end of december slash january if it was a different time this this, this is a problem you can't really solve. You get yeah. what I'm saying? I think the only way to solve the problem would be to have the Game Awards later in January. But I don't think for Jeff and what the Game Awards are, I don't think that's an option they really want to go with. Because if we're being honest, if we're being completely honest, the Game Awards are more about the advertisings and the promotions and the hype of like new trailers and all this stuff than it really is about the awards themselves. And I think a I lot of with that entirely. You really I, you disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, the Game Awards are about the awards, and it's also about the advertising. It's also about the announcements and stuff, because that's what gaming is overall. It's kind of like looking towards the future while also celebrating what happened. And I think that mm -hmm. to say that it's not about the awards is, I think, really, really, really belittling the work that has been done on by, for the Game Awards for making sure that there are all these processes in place to make sure that things are getting recognition and things are getting kind of awarded, honestly. Like, like there are, without the Game Awards, there are game awards. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, I, but I, I do think there is a bearing that the advertisements and the trailers and the promotion has on when the game awards happen. Because I don't think that, I don't think studios and publishers necessarily want that big rush of trailers and all that stuff to drop mid January. I feel like that's a weird time for that. I feel like December is kind of the expectation in terms of, hey, December is a sweet spot. It's the holidays. People are off. Like, let's get, like, let's have this, like, this, this end of the year rush for getting trailers in, in front of people's eyes. And I think there's enough bearing there in terms of that portion of the Game Awards that, like, the the awards part might have to suffer a little bit because of that. Because I think, realistically, the in, in Jess Corden's article, right, the argument is more so about 
how the industry doesn't give racing games a fair shake or games like Forza a fair shake. And I do think the article is off base. And I love Jess Gordon. I love Windows Central. But I think it's off base in terms of what happened to Forza here. What happened to Forza here was Forza came out, uh, what, like about, about a week ago. And like inside baseball stuff, right? Judging for the game awards for outlets... Those were those were turned in like about a couple of weeks ago during a period where people had codes for Forza, but it was in that shaky period of only certain people had codes, right? Like if you're an outlet and you're reviewing Forza and you're covering Forza, not every single person at that outlet has uh, access to Forza around that time. It's going to be one, two, or maybe three people that are playing that game for review. By the time that the the uh, uh, ballots for nom- nominating the Game Awards are turned in, what, like two or three people have played half of Forza? That's not really an argument you can make for a game of the year category versus something, and I see a lot of people that are like, oh, but it got nominated for best racing game. Forza is an easier nomination for best racing game when you've played that much of Forza. I, if I've played 10 hours of Forza and I look at the best racing game slash sports game uh, category and I look at it and the other competitors are FIFA, NBA 2K, a Riders Republic, it becomes a way easier argument as opposed to game of the year, which is, oh yeah, you got your Returnals out there. You got Psychonauts too. You got a way broader base of games to talk about and games that you want to take like consideration, right? Playing and actually finishing. And Forza Horizon 5 is one of those games where it's like, man, I, I would have I loved to nominate Forza Horizon 5 for game of the year. But the fact of the matter is like, one, do I have enough time spent with Forza Horizon 5 to put it in that? And then also, how many people at, at these outlets where these things are decided by actual voting, uh, like, across the outlet, how many people have touched that game in order to actually put it in that in there and actually fight for it at that point? I think that's the weird spot that Forza kind of comes, comes into. And I think a lot of that would be solved if the Game Awards were in January, but I just don't think that's a reality that we're going to see. Dude, totally. I mean, look, at the end of the day, solving one problem creates another, because if we do that, then the games that came out the previous year in January are going to be even less remembered and looked at with that same type of lens, because there is that recency bias. Like, there's just a lot of problems here. There is no solution to this, because at the end of the day, it is all subjective. Like, there is Mm -hmm. not like a definitive answer. Like, even a game winning game of the year at the Game Awards doesn't mean that that is the one game that matters, right? And a point that I see a lot of people make about the Game Awards and like how it's they they don't like them because they don't give enough uh focus on the awards themselves it's like they give so much focus on so many awards people would not watch the show if it was just awards they watch the show for some of the awards which are all shown on air but they're there for the announcements they're there for the excitement they're there for all that other stuff and at the end of the day you can feel however you want to feel about that but whether or not your game gets announced on stage as winning an award at the game awards doesn't matter if your game wins a game award that's what matters it's getting the award to put up in your office it's being able to put that on your box it's being able to have the uh the the, the like power behind being nominated or winning a game award so saying the game awards doesn't put enough focus on the awards you're just talking about one element which is the show the game awards are so much more important than the three hour show we watch every year it is the games being nominated it is the games being awarded these wins that and that is something that you can't take away from them it's theirs yeah and i also think the game awards aren't the end all be all in terms of game awards right like uh, one of the things i read through jess corden's whole article because i was very interested on what he had to say because i very much disagree with the article but like i was like i want to give it a fair shake so i'm going to read read all the way through it and one of the things that jess was arguing was the comparison between the game awards and the oscars and how like if you want this to be the oscars of the the games industry right like you have to like you like we we have to be able to like uh uh look at things more critically and like take into account more various types of games and all these things and like i'm I'm half with jez in terms of i think forza horizon 5 deserves to be nominated i think forza horizon 5 should be one of the six and i think in a perfect world it would be there and i was and we were having this conversation on the on the pslw post show i think if forza horizon 5 came out excuse me a few months earlier i think it would be in that top six that's where I'm at. But that's just me purely predicting. I know that's not fact. I know racing games, I think, do have a steeper hill to climb in terms of that. But I do think Forza Horizon 5 is of that of that quality. Uh, but in terms of like in, in terms of like the game awards being the Oscars of the games industry, I just don't think that's accurate. I still compare it to the VMAs in terms of, hey, no, this is about excitement. This is about hype. This is about celebration. This is less about like us getting us being in a room of our peers and judging this 
like super duper critically, right? I think the 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 judging outlets are awesome, and I think it is a good it is a good selection of outlets and a good selection of people to judge these things in a way that is going to do justice for, for, to what the game awards are. But you also have things like the Dice Awards. You also have things like uh like IGN's Game of the Year. You have plenty of other places to go go uh, go to. I forget the name of the award show that is done by devs specifically. I think maybe that is Dice. IDGF, I think. Yes. Yeah, like you have stuff like that. You have plenty of other award award uh shows and stuff that is that treats itself as more, hey, no, this is prestige. Like this is, you know, like th- this this is us uh doing this award show in spring after everything has had time to settle and us and looking No one watches them. No one watches them, but it's a different thing, right? I I I do think you can't look at the game awards as the oh, if it's not game award, if it's not if it's not game of the year, then everything's trash. The whole games industry is wrong. It's like, dude, no, there are plenty of other options for Forza Horizon Five to win game of the year at other places, uh, and so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, totally. Uh, Tim, now it's time to squad up. Uh, remember, you, again, you can write into patreon.com slash games to write in with your squad ups, just like Kessel did. Uh, Kessel wrote in with a squad up on PlayStation and says, what's up, kind of funny games daily and best friends all around? I'm grinding for the My Hero One's Justice Platinum and am in need of your help. All I have left are two trophies for online matches. Not winning them, not getting to a certain rank, just playing online. But the lobbies are empty. I've gotten one match in the past two hours. Is it my fault trying to platinum a game from 2018 that has a sequel that the fan base has probably moved moved on to? Maybe, but that's why I beseech the best friends to help this burgeoning platinum addiction. 50 matches, let's spend a night beating each other up and nerding out about games, anime, and wrestling. My game time uh, after work slash dadding is usually after 9 p.m. Pacific uh, Standard Time. Thank you for y'all's time, and of course, Plus Ultra. Uh, if you want to play with Kessel, uh, some My Hero Ones Justice, you can add them on PlayStation with the username Kessel Winks. That is Kessel, K-E-S-S-E-L, Winks. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in a list of what we got wrong as we got it wrong, so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube.com slash games and on podcast services around the globe. Uh, it's a lot of, we're getting a lot of context around the OBS stuff that we kind of already covered. These aren't necessarily your wrongs. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Nana writes in and says, the Game Awards jury is 103 outlets from across the world. Awesome. And I saw a lot of conversation, too, about um, the how goofy some of the uh, categories can be of, like, mixing different genres and stuff. Uh, a thing to note, and this is on the Game Awards website itself about how voting process works, but if an outlet doesn't have five nominations to put into for whatever category we aren't allowed to submit for anything so i think like a lot of these categories are being mixed just to be able to give any of these games even a chance to be able to hit it because otherwise outlets aren't going to have five puzzle games to add to the category or five sim games to add to the the category yeah like we skip out on a lot of categories that we just aren't equipped for right i think we we skipped out on like best strategy game and like like there's certain things that like in previous years I think we would have skipped out on best fighting game because we don't have a, a fighting game person here right and like this yeah. year I was the fighting game person and I played through like plenty of fighting games and so I was the person that kind of took over that category right we yeah. kind of we, we kind of try to stick to the people who know what talking about those categories but we also don't we don't submit every category yeah but an important point I want to make like OMG Jesus in the chat saying why the fuck's flight sim and age of empires four in the same category and it's like you're, you're making a really good point but the reason why is because there is not a separate category for sims and for uh strategy and the other option is there just isn't those categories exactly so this way these games get nominated and then they get to say they get the little thing that says nominated at the game awards which means so much to these developers Yes. And like I saw, um, uh, let's see, let's see. Okay. We'll talk. There's one in here that I want to, I want to double check and we'll talk about it tomorrow if that is a legitimate one. And like I saw, there's a few people in here that are saying that like Forza Horizon, like both Kebabs and Nana wrote in and said Forza Horizon 5 was nominated for best sports slash racing game. And also like Nano said that, um, Forza was nominated for best audio innovation accessibility and best sports slash racing. And again, like the argument I'm not making is that it didn't qualify for any any of the awards. The argument I'm making is that it is easier at that point to judge based on based on the limited people that have had their that had their hands on Forza at that time and the limited amount of time they're able to put in. It's easier to judge for those those categories than Game of the Year. And so, just to be clear on that one, uh, again, there's big breaking news right now, but we're late in the show, and so we'll cover it tomorrow. Tomorrow's hosts are Thursday um, or 
for Thursday are Tam and Tim. If you're watching this, watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is Mike and Nick playing some Halo, which I plan to jump into. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Uh, we have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.